There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, it's Monday here on the podcast, and we certainly are thankful for the good weekend in the house of God. What a privilege it was to be in the house of God. Uh, we, of course, were at the Dublin Mills Community Church, Dublin Mills, Pennsylvania, and we certainly thank the Lord for the folks there. And several of you told us that you listened to the podcast, and we certainly are grateful for that. I pray this is a help and a blessing to you. The challenge, I guess, as an evangelist, as you go out, is what I preach on the podcast. I know that people in churches are listening to, and so I really can't go there and preach the same message that I preach on the podcast. And so it does definitely cause me to study and cause me to try to come up with something fresh. But might I say, that's part of ministry. I believe the man of God ought to always have something fresh. I believe the preacher ought to always have that fresh bread from heaven, uh, that anointing of God, that oil upon that fresh bread that God can give. And uh, what a blessing, what a privilege that is. I have a tendency to have a stump speech. I know many preachers have a stump speech. What that is, is the ministry God gave you. When God called you to preach, he put a message upon your heart. Uh, my pastor, Brother Herbert, many years ago, uh, when I was under his ministry, he'd say, Brother Tim, God has given you a message, and you're going to take that message to the world. And he said, you're going to give it different titles, and you're going to use different scriptures, but you have a message, and that message is Jesus Christ. And so again, we preach Jesus Christ. We want folks to see him high and lifted up. In Psalm 31, this is to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, another messianic psalm. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. And by the way, that's what the Apostle Paul said. He that believeth in him shall not be ashamed. There will be no shaming to those that believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And so once again, that's why he said never. He said never, never be ashamed. Why? Because he's faith. And Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And his faith would not let him be ashamed. He said, bow down thine ear to me, deliver me speedily, be thou my strong rock for an house of defense to save me. And again, we see this term used over and over again in Messianic Psalms, but he says, thou art my rock and my fortress. And we saw that just the other day. We preached about that on the Messianic Psalms, the rock and the fortress, that rock, which is higher than I. And so we see that in Jesus Christ. Again, we're talking about the faith of Jesus Christ here. Therefore, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. We see that again throughout the Psalms for thy name's sake. Why? And we see that throughout the Psalms, the name of the Lord. And oftentimes the name of the Lord is mentioned, is always mentioned with reverence and with worship and with praise and with holiness. And so when he says, for thy name's sake, lead me and guide me. This isn't just some flippant comment or some flippant uh, desire. No, this is the worship. This is the true worship that comes from Jesus Christ of the Godhead. Why? He is the Son of God. He says, pull me out of the net they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. 
In thy hand I commit my spirit. So again, now we see foretold of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. When he says, Father, in thy hand I commend my spirit. And he bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. He died at the cross. And by the way, the word of God says he gave up the ghost, his soul and spirit, and he gave, gave them up and he died. And so we see the prophecy here in Psalm 31, into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. And it's a, I believe part of what Jesus Christ was justified of the spirit is in this time. When he there on the cross of Calvary committed his, his spirit to the Father, I believe that the work of God was finished concerning Calvary, and I believe he was justified in the spirit by faith at that time. In verse 6, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. And look at verse 8. We talked about this in the close of our last podcast on Friday. In verse 8, he says, thou hast set my feet in a large room. Well, we know the psalmist told us that he kept his feet from falling. That's according to the word of God. And so when he kept his feet from falling in Psalm 116, he said in verse 8, Thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. That's Psalm 116, verse 8 and 9. He said here, it's interesting how he says this, when he said in verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble, thou hast known my soul in adversities. Why? Because he delivered his soul. And hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. So he kept his feet from falling. He kept his feet from slipping in another place in the scripture. And then he put his feet in a large room. What is that place? It's Abraham's bosom also known as paradise. Now, there is a movement today I'd like to address. There are YouTube superstars in their own mind. They're anti-church. They're anti-word of God. They denounce the idea of having a bishop or an overseer of the church. They, they denounce the idea of elder being a pastor. They say these are elders and elder-run churches, multiple men. But do you realize when he wrote to the elders at Ephesus, he's writing to several churches at, at Ephesus. It's not one church to the Ephesians. No. Oh, there's several churches in Ephesus. So when he writes to the elders, he's not saying, hey, do you nine men that are running the church? Because that would be contrary to the word of God. God has always had a single man over the congregation. The problem with men today is they're rebels. They rebel against the truth of the word of God. They don't want a man to rule over them. And that doesn't mean with an iron fist. It doesn't mean that man comes in and badgers them and lords over them, lords over the flock of God. No, what it means is he establishes a rule. He establishes a unit of measurement. He establishes the doctrine by which we live. That's why he's a bishop. If a man desire the office, that's God's office. God puts that man in the office of a bishop. It's not happenstance. It's not flipping a coin. God puts that man in the office of a bishop. 
When God does that, he establishes the doctrine for the church. Therefore, he establishes the rule for the church. But she has a great attack on the church today because men that don't want to submit to doctrine, they don't want to submit to a man, they don't want to have a man rule over them, they're rebels. Men have always been rebels that refuse to have a man rule over them. Let me give an example. Samuel came and told Saul what thus saith the Lord. He told him to utterly destroy the Amalekites. Did Saul do that? No. He kept Agag, and he kept the best of the flocks alive, and, and yet he hewed the rest in pieces, but he disobeyed the word of God. So Samuel told him, he said, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity. Why is that? Because he would not heed the voice of man. Why? He didn't see that as God's voice. And that's what rebels do today. That voice of authority, the voice of the law of the police is the voice of God. It's the voice of order. It's a voice of law. And it's God's way of maintaining order and maintaining law that we might dwell peaceably with our neighbor and men rebel against the legal system. They rebel against the police. Why? Because the hardness of their hearts, they're rebels and stubborn against God. And these men are out there establishing these phony doctrines, these lies, and this deceit, using the internet as a platform. They have followers, they have worshipers, they have men that cow down to them. And one of the doctrines that continually pops up with that crowd, with those men that will not submit to authority, is this matter of paradise, this matter of Abraham's bosom, this matter of the difference between the grave and hell and damnation, and paradise, Abraham's bosom, a large place, and they say, well, it does not exist. That's just mythical. That's Catholicism. No, he told me here, he said, in, in the word of God, thou hast set my feet in a large room. Where is that large room? His soul's been made an offering for sin, yet his soul has been delivered. He told us that thou hast known my soul in adversity. He's no longer in adversity. Yet he's not resurrected bodily. So where is his soul? His soul is with Abraham. His soul is in the heart of the earth. His soul is awaiting the resurrection, the reuniting with his spirit and his body forevermore on the right hand of God. That's the doctrine of the word of God. I'm not yelling to try to prove my point. I'm getting stirred in my soul about these things. It's very clear from the word of God. You hear somebody discrediting paradise, saying it's a mythical place, it's Catholicism. You take him to the word of God. Ask them to explain where it is. He went with the thief on the cross. Ask them to explain where Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. Ask them to explain this large place. Ask them to explain how he drew him across that great gulf in Psalm 18. How he drew him out of many waters. Ask them to explain those things. They cannot explain them with the word of God. They'll use anti-Catholic rhetoric, which I don't have a problem with, unless it's contrary to the word of God, then I have a problem with it. And this crowd continually won't submit to the authority of a pastor. They won't submit to the authority of a church. They don't believe in the power that's in the church. They believe that they themselves have that power within them. Can I say, they don't have that power without the church. The apostles went out with the blessings of the church, and they were the apostles of God. They went out with the anointing of the church. Why? They were the apostles of God. They laid hands on them and sent them out with the blessing of the church, the bride of Jesus Christ. The doctrine of the large room, the doctrine of paradise. It's a Bible doctrine. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief. That's why he's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. 
And he said, in my years with sighing, my strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. So now we see the cross. We see this isn't, this isn't a timeline. This is just prophecy concerning Christ. If I was a reproach among all mine enemies, who? Jesus Christ was. But especially among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance, they that did see me without fled from me, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mine. I am like a broken vessel. That's our Savior, Jesus Christ, wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I was reading over there in Psalm 52, a passage that we read in Psalm 52 a little bit earlier today in another text as we were recording the podcast. And I looked at Psalm 52 and I saw his visage was marred. How marred was it more than any man? Why? He was just beyond recognition. He was so beaten and so bloody and those thorns that had pierced his head and smitten the the facial hair ripped out of his face, the hair ripped from off his head. His visage was marred more than any man and he was reproach of people. He was a broken vessel on the cross of Calvary. For I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. Thank God he trusted in the Lord. Thank God when all of hell came against him and the sorrows compassed him and death compassed him and the dogs and the bulls and the archers compassed him about and all the world was against him. The Roman Empire was against him. His own were against him. The Jews were against him. His familiar friends fled from him. Peter denied him. Thomas doubted him. When all of these things took place, he simply said, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. How do we magnify him? Thou art my God. How do we exalt him? Thou art my God. How do we extol him? You tell others he is my God. Amen. There is none greater than he. There is none higher than he. He is my God. He's the living God. He's the eternal God. He's a personal God to me. We lift him up and extol him and trusting in him, saying, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Let us not forget that. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's sake. There is he's made an offering for sin. That's his cry. Save me for thy mercy's sake. He said his truth reaches under the heavens. Or sorry, his mercy reaches under the heavens, his truth under the clouds. Let me not be ashamed. There it is again. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed, and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. And might I just stop there and say, how goodness, that we might see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Through the resurrection, he might see the goodness of the Lord. For life in Christ, we might see the goodness of the Lord. Neither were dead in trespasses and sins hath, hath he quickened. What does that mean? We've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trusted thee before the sons of men. There's not being ashamed. There's that trust before man. There's exalting him. There's extolling him. There's magnifying him. All of those things summarized in one verse which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Oh, to have faith. Without faith is impossible to please him. 
for he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Men say, well, if I seek God enough, it'll please him. If I preach enough, it'll please him. If I do this enough, it'll please him. If I just purify my hands enough, it'll please him. If I sanctify myself enough, it'll please him. No, without faith, it is impossible to please him. What pleases God? Faith pleases God. The rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God's looking for faith. When the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith upon the earth? He's looking for faithful men in this day and this hour. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Who's in a strong city? A strong man. What happens to that strong man? He must be bound. He must first bind the strong man. But he saw the goodness of God when the strong man was bound in that strong city. And God delivered him, kept his feet from falling, walked again in the land of the living, put his feet in that large place. That's the goodness of God, the mercy of God. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. Again, what is he saying? I thought you were done with me. I thought you were finished with me. I thought you turned your back on me. But when I cried unto thee, you heard the voice of my supplications. And you came to where I was. And you delivered me. And you drew my feet out. And you drew me out. And you delivered my soul. That would not keep my soul in hell. Oh, thank God. He delivered him. And he delivered him. And then gave him life. And resurrected him. By the way, he'll do the same for you if you'll trust him him. If you'll believe the word of God and put your trust in Jesus Christ, the work of Jesus Christ, he'll do the same for you, but you got to do it by faith. You got to do it, believe in God. Oh, love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentiful reward of the proud doer. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Do you hope in the Lord? He said he'll strengthen your heart. Have you lost courage? He said, it'll strengthen your heart. Are you down and out and downtrodden? You feel like there's nowhere left to turn. He said, he'll strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. Where's your hope at? My hope is in Jesus Christ. Looking for that blessed hope. That's Jesus Christ. The glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when it cometh, oh, thank God when it cometh. Jesus Christ, his return is imminent. And all those that have hoped, all those that have believed, all those that have trusted will see him as he is. I do pray you have a great day this Monday in the Lord. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 
1-800-273-1706. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption all of night. Now the angels of God are rejoicing For the prodigal child has come home And the saints all with gladness are singing The glorious song of the redeemed